Welcome to Live Doc, your online Doc Yomi Shear. Shalom Aleichem. Welcome back. Today's Daf Yomi is Mayit Katan Daf Tes. We are holding six lines from the top of the Amid. Yesterday we learned a Mishnah. One is not meant to marry on Yamtiv. One of the reasons given is because Ein Ma'arvan Simcha Basimcha, you meant to celebrate each occasion independently. Don't mix things up because then you have interference. Ein Ma'arvan Simcha Basimcha. How do we know this concept? Is there a source for this? Yes, there is. Says the Gemara, Uda'in Ma'arvan Simcha Basimcha Minala. How do we know? That we're not meant to celebrate two things at once. Dichsif. This was when Shlomo Amel completed the Binyan Beis Hamidash, the first one. It's celebrated. Chanukas Hamizbeya, Chanukas Beis Hamidash. It's celebrated for 14 days, seven for the Migdash, and it so happens that they were, when they were done celebrating for the Migdash, Sukkot arrived. So it was seven and seven plus Shminetzeres. They call Yisrael Imay. A huge crowd, Kahal Gadol, they came from all corners. Milavai Hamas, Adnachal Mitzrayim, and they came with Hashem Lekin. Shiva Asyamim, seven days for the Mikdash. Vishiva Asyamim, seven days for Sukkis. A total of Arba Asriyam, 14 days. Vimisa the Marvin Simcha Besimcha, if it is okay to bundle together, to celebrate for two things at once. He boilele minter adachak. Why did he have to have this huge extended celebration? And keep them away from work for 14 days. He should have waited. The Beis Hamikdash's celebration could have taken place at on Yom Tov. shiva and celebrate seven days for both pre- both reasons. Apparently, you're not meant to do that. You meant to celebrate each simcha independently. And that's a raya to the halacha and the mission. Says the Gemara, how do you know? Perhaps. If you have reason to celebrate today, you don't postpone, you'll delay the celebration. But if it so happens to be that both reasons turn up on the same day, on the same Zman, you happen to get married on Yom Tov, that's fine. You can celebrate two things at once. It so happens that in this case, the Beis was completed seven days before Sukkot. So they didn't have this option of celebrating together with Sukkot. Well, they could have left over a bit at the end of the Migdash, built and built until the last last inch, and complete that right before Sukkot, in time for Yom Tov. Building the Migdash is a mitzvah, you don't delay, you don't procrastinate. You finish it as soon as, soon as you're finished. In this case... They had no choice. They couldn't delay matters. And if so, we're back to the Kasha. Perhaps that's why they celebrated early. Not because you can't, you can't technically, halachically, celebrate two things at once. Well, they should have left um, over the Amma, something which wasn't really the essential part of the Beis Hamikdash. These bars, these sharp metal rods, which discouraged the ravens from landing on the 
on the Bunyan Beis Hamidosh. So this type of railing they could have done later. That's not the Iker Binyan, they're Makayim, the Mitzvah was added. So if it were so, if it were true that you can celebrate two things at once, they could have finished the Migdash in time, left over this little accessory, and done it right by Sukkot, and celebrated on Sukkot. And says the Gemara, no, Kalya, Amyal Kalya Oyerev, even this Amma, this bar, an Amma high, to chase away the Oyerev, Tzerich Binin Abayisu, it's part and parcel of the Binin Besamidash, keep away the birds. So really, it's part of the Binin. And Rashik Sabyad actually adds, we know the Hecha was 100 Amas high, the 100th Amma was what? That uh, that ama, that rod apparently is considered part and parcel of the structure, so they couldn't push it off. So perhaps that's why it happened this way. But theoretically, you could be ma'ar simcha b'simcha. By the way, some bring a raya from here to the minig oilam. You leave over a line at the end of the masechtan, do the same a week later. You can celebrate that way. Because now is the same, just like the Gemara suggests, that they can leave over a bit and celebrate later. In any case, go back to the Kasha. What's the Raya? That Eim Arvin Simcha Basimcha? Perhaps it was merely circumstantial. They completed the Binyan in advance of Sukkot. And that's why they celebrated separately. Ella, rather, the Raya is as follows. Midimiyatar Kra. We have an extra phrase in the Pasuk, which apparently is coming to indicate this halach. Take a look at the Pasuk. It says, He celebrated 14 days. Why would the Torah have to itemize it? 7 plus 7. We know. 14 is 7 and 7. The Torah is indicating These 7 and these 7, two separate reasons, two separate occasions for celebration. You don't mix them up. Oh, here's the Raya. Then Eim Arvin Simcha Simcha. You have to be involved in each simcha completely, fully. Taisa says you have to be fully engaged. Otherwise, it detracts. Says the Gemara, Omar of Parnach, Omar Yechanan. That year, when they celebrated on account of the Migdash, they celebrated seven days before Sukkot, which includes Yom Kippurim, they ate and drank. All throughout that period, they didn't observe Yom Kippur. They didn't fast in Yom Kippur. And they were concerned. They said, Perhaps the enemies of Yisrael, meaning themselves, are guilty, are liable to clear, to curse, to getting punished for not fasting in Yom Kippur. Until, a heavenly voice rings out and says, No, you're all invited straight to Ganeidim. So they will calm down. My Dresh, now what were they basing their, their practice on? Why, why, didn't, why didn't they eat on Yom, why did they eat on Yom Kippur? What was their source? Amru, they suggested as follows. They had a Kavuchim. Uma Mishkan Shein Since we find by the Mishkan in the Midbar, which of course is not a, a permanent eternal Kedusha. It was only for 40 years. I'm speaking now about the Chanukah Samizbeach, the Nasim did when they completed the Binin Hamidash, Hamishkan. So we're speaking about a Mishkan, which is relatively temporary. The Korban Yachet, so it's a temporary Kedusha, and we're speaking about personal Kabbalah that the Nassim brought. Still, despite its two deficiencies, it's a temporary Kedusha and it's a personal Korban, Doich it pushed away Shabbos, they brought their Korbanis, 
even on Shabbos, during the time of Hanukkah Samizbeach. The Isra Skila, despite the fact that Shabbos entails Isra Skila, Amalach on Shabbos generates Skila through Bezin. It's a very severe punishment. Still, the Karbanas would push that away. Certainly the Migdash, the Beis HaMigdash, during the time of Shlomo, it's an eternal, permanent Kedusha. It's a greater Kedusha. We're speaking about public Karbanas, and we're speaking about Kippurim. You're just negating Yom Kippur, which is relatively less than uh, than Shabbos. Anish Kar, it's only Karas, which is Min HaShemayim. It's not as deemed as severe as Skila by Shabbos. So, three reasons. It's Kedushas Oilam. It's Karban Sibor. And we're speaking about only Karas. Of course, of course, like Kolshkin, certainly. Hanukkah Asa Migdash should, should, should override Yom Kippur. And therefore, they ate Yom Kippur. Only time in history. They ate Yom Kippur. Okay, so if it's such a good Raya, so why were they uh, in distress? There's still room to differentiate between Mishkan and this case. In the Mishkan, they were bringing uh, Karbanis to Hashem. Here, the uh, Karbanis that they were involved in were personal Karbanis. They were eating the Karbanis. It was personal consumption. Shlamim, etc., which they were eating. Who says that's allowed on Yom Kippur? Well, Hachanami is here as well. Let them bring the Karbanis without eating it. Without drinking. So who's to say that's mutter? Why indeed did they eat and drink? Karbanis bring. Do the malacha, like in the, in the Mishkan, but for Hashem's sake, don't don't have it, don't eat and drink. Well, it doesn't work. You want to really celebrate. It has to be a comprehensive, all-encompassing experience. Spiritual as well as physical. You can't really be a simcha without eating and drinking. So in order to celebrate properly, they have to eat and drink. And they were compelled to do so even in Kippur. Ask the Gemara. And indeed, how do we know that? In the Midbar, there were the Shabbos to celebrate the Chanukah as Hamishkan. The first day this Nasi brought, on the seventh day the next Nasi brought. Apparently, we're speaking about Shabbos. Shvi is Shabbos. No, Dilma Shvi Karbanis, perhaps. Shvi means day seven of Karbanis. But they skipped over Shabbos. On day 11. And we have an extra Pasuk. And we learn a Dvash. Just like a day is typically a continuous event. right? It's one unit. Likewise, the number 11 mentioned here. Kulan Ritzufan. Is a continuous number without interruption through Shabbos as well. Okay, eleven consecutive, but maybe eleven consecutive days which are suitable for Karbanis, meaning eleven consecutive weekdays. But you skip over Shabbos. No, we have another pasuk. On day twelve, again, it's an extra yam there. And here we have an extra pasuk, an extra drasha to tell you. Just like day is a continuous phenomenon. And likewise, the 12 that we're speaking are perfectly continuous, uninterrupted days, including Shabbos. Maybe here as well. 
12 consecutive days, which are suitable for Karbanis, meaning 12 weekdays. In Cain, Trey, Kroy, Lamali, why would we need two Psukim telling us the same thing? We have the extra word by day 11, and the extra yayin by day 12. That duplication indicates there's something more than that. 12 consecutive days, including Shabbos. So we've determined that Eim Avon Simcha was Simcha, they ate on Yom Kippur, they based it on what they did in the Mishkan, and we just proved that indeed, during the Mishkan, they were Deich Shabbos. One more question. And indeed, how do we even know that they negated Yom Kippur? That during the time of Shlomo HaMelech, they celebrated even on Yom Kippur. Where is the right to that? The Pasuk says they celebrated for 14 days in a row, which included Yom Kippur, perhaps 14 suitable days, not counting Yom Kippur. We draw a parallel. We connect the word Yom Kippur over here, to the Yayim by the Mishkan, and just as over there, it included Shabbos, it was consecutive days, likewise over here, we're speaking about consecutive days, including Yom Kippur. So they were concerned, they were doyagin, did we do right, did we do wrong? They were apprehensive. Yosus Abbaskal, V'amalem, Abbaskal rings down, and tells them, Kulcha Muzumonin, L'chaim Abba, no, you're invited to Elm Abba, don't worry. You did right. Umnaun Da'achlo, do we see it in the Pesukim? That Hashem called out to them? Hashem allayed their fears? Do we see it in the Pesukim itself? Yes. The Tani Tachlif. The Pesuk says, Vayim Hashmini. Sholcho Sam. Shilach Sam. On day 8 of Sukkot, Shlom HaMelech bid farewell. He sent them off. Vayivorcho HaMelech. They gave a bracha to the Melech. Vayechu Laleim. They went back home. Smeichem Betevileiv. Al Kol and all the goodness, Asher Asa Hashem David, Avde Hashem granted to his servant David, Ulusroel Ami. And we learn, they went back home, Le'aleim, which means to the Isha, Sha'alchu Matsu Neshem Betahara, the wives were tar. The word Smechem means, Shenenu Mizivashchina, they were imbued with the, with the glow of the Shechina. Vetuveleiv means, Shekal Echad Vechemes Abra Ishta Ben Zacha, they all had a, a son. What does that mean? So this phrase in the Pasuk refers to this phenomenon that Hashem calls out to them. I lays their fears. Don't worry about what you did. It was justified. I approve it. You're invited to Elm Haba. What does L'david Avdoi L'Yisrael Amai mean? Bishlam L'Yisrael Amai understand what that means. To Hashem forgave them for eating Yom Kippur. So it was a teva, an expression of, of, of grace to Kali Yisrael. He was clear in the way he uh, laid their fears. He confirmed what they did. Exactly, Yisrael Amai. In what way was he showing teva to David? David was no longer alive. Melech was involved in the binyan. So how was this a confirmation, a stamp of approval, a teva to David? It was just that. Omar Yudam Rav. This is what happened. They finished the Migdash. After all that work, all that effort, finally comes the apex, the high point. He's bringing the Orin with the Luchas into the Kodesh HaKadoshim. The door is shut. There's no way to get in. 
Omar Shlomo, Shlomo felt rejected. He started davening. So all his abilities, Esher and Ba'abar Renanis, 24 various expressions of tefillah, no response. Pasach Omar. So he proceeded and he said, Sush Ar Mosheichem, gates open up. Let Hashem, let Yishchina come in. V'leinena, no response. Kivet Sha'ama Hashem Alekim Al Toshef Pnei Meshechecha Zichro Lechaz Dei David Avdecha Hashem, remember the loyalty of my father David. V'yad Nene, suddenly things open up. Straight in. It was clear that David HaMelech's schus carried the day. So that's what it means, the David Avdecha. At that moment, Boisa Shaw, Nehefcho Pnei Soini David. David had many enemies. And suddenly their faces blackened. Nehefcho Pnei Soini David. Kishuli Kedir, like he blackened the bottom of a pot. So embarrassed. Hashem gave David Hamelech a stamp of approval. After death, way later. Now they saw retroactively. Everybody realized. Hashem forgave him. For that sin with Bathsheba. Continues the Gemara. Rabbi Yenusan bar Asmai, Rabbi Yudav and Gir. These two, Tonu Parshas and Dorim, Bei Rabbi Shimbar Yichai. They studied the Yasugya, the Masechs and Dorim, by the Rabbi Rabbi Shimbar Yichai. If Tumine came time to leave, they bid farewell. They said goodbye. Borta at night. Let's start for the next morning. Hodur, they came back. They come if Tumine. Hodur, again. Came back to bid farewell. Amalu, he tells them, "What's going on? Valavif Teresu mini buurta. Haven't you bid farewell from me last night? Why'd you come back again?" Amalu, they tell him, "The you yourself taught us." Talmud shniftem rabbi for Talmud bids farewell of his rabbi. Verlon boisayir, and he stays overnight in that city. He delays his trip. He has to come back again for another goodbye. Zarachli patri menopamacheres. How do we know this? Shenemar. By Mashmin Shilach Asam, on the eighth day of Sukkot Shmin Atzeres, Shlomo Melech bid farewell, have a nice trip home. Ve'ivar Chasam Melech. And what does it say? So this was on day eight of Sukkot, which is day twenty-two of Tishrei, right? Uksiv Ubayim Esim Rishloish Shalachaydish Ashvi. The next day, tomorrow, day twenty-three of Tishrei, again Shilach Asam. He sends them away. He already did that. Elo Mikan. We learn from here. Mikan the Talmud. Haniftimir Rabbi, Fatamid bids farewell from his Rabbi, takes leave at night, Vilan Baisair, and he happens to stay overnight, he has to come back again. Sarakli Potter Menopamacharis. Omali Lapri. So Rabshim was impressed with these Talmudim. These people are upstanding people. So he turned to his own son. Perhaps it was Rabelezer Rabshiman. And he says, Look, these people are Khashim, Bnei Adam Halalu. Anashim Shatsurahim, they're people of Tsura. Rashi says they're Khachamim. Some learn they're um, humble. They're conscientious people. They're on top of things. Zil Gabihain, go approach them. Deliver Chucha, perhaps they'll give you a bracha. They're deserving of giving you a bracha. Chaparain. Azalash Kichinos, he went over there and he finds them sitting and, and learning. The Karamu Kroya Dadi, they were discussing Psukim and presenting an apparent contradiction that they found. One Pasuk says, Ksiv Palis Magal Graglecha. Evaluate. Appraise uh, the ways uh, of your life, what to do, what not to do. Everything calculated, which means 
Don't just jump into even a mitzvah opportunity. Make sure it's worthwhile. Do the, uh, the greater mitzvah rather than the smaller mitzvah. But then another Pasuk says, do it all. When it comes to matters of spirit, don't evaluate. Don't measure up. Any mitzvah that comes your way, do it. So which way is it? Like Kasha, the answer is, depends on the circumstance. It depends who else is around. Sure, you try to do the greater mitzvah, but Sure, if that relatively smaller mitzvah can be done by somebody else, you get the bigger one. But Khan, the mitzvah, but somebody around to take care of the other mitzvah, and it's either you or nothing, grab any mitzvah, even a relatively minor mitzvah, which comes your way first. Once again, he sees her sitting and discussing another apparent stira. This is the Torah, most precious thing. And all your private affairs, don't measure up to the Torah. Drop everything. All your personal affairs, learn as much as you could. We have a diuk. Your personal matters, don't measure up to Torah. But spiritual matters, mitzvahs, measure up to Torah. Which means, even when you're learning, and you notice a mitzvah opportunity, stop in your tracks and grab the mitzvah. So mitzvah is deicha But then we have a pasuk, all activities, all matters, even spiritual matters such as mitzvahs, don't measure up to Torah. Torah is the greatest. So which way is it? Do you stop for a mitzvah or not? Oh, very similar to before. Same formula. One sitting and learning, and there's a mitzvah opportunity coming up. But there's somebody else that's not involved in Torah that can ga- gladly grab the mitzvah, let him do it. It's not your job right now. You're immersed in something greater. When do we advise you to stop learning, to do a mitzvah? That's kamba mitzvah she'i There's somebody else to complete that mitzvah, and you have to stop because you know the whole point of Torah is to be Makai mitzvahs. So if there's another candidate, Nobody there to take care of the mitzvah, then of course it's a comment on you to stop learning and do the mitzvah. Okay, so you overheard this whole discussion. Very intriguing. Armulay, they finally noticed him. They turned to him. My boy is Sacha. What are you doing here? Can we help you? Armulay, he tells him, sure. Armulay, Abba, my father told me, Zilgabai, go over to them, to leave Varchucha, to get a bracha from you. Armulay, they said, sure, here's the bracha. Listen to this cryptic bracha. Yeah, Rabba. It should be the will of Hashem. This is Sechzad. You should plant and not reap. Yeah? Ta'ayl, import, v'loy sefer. Don't sell, don't export. Tepuk, you should export. Ta'ayl, don't import. Lichroy Beisach. So it sounds like he's going to import and not sell. He's going to export and not uh, and not uh, make any money, not bring anything in. Sounds pretty uh, pretty harsh. Lichroy Beisach. Your home should be destroyed. And your temporary, your permanent home should be destroyed. Your temporary dwelling should be well established. Your table should be disorganized. You should not merit to see a new a new year. <laughs> so he came back to his father. He tells his father, why did you send me to them? Not only they didn't give any brachas, they teased me, all kinds of uh, clothes. 
Amalei, so Shimon asks him, my Amalech, tell me, uh, what is it that they told you? Let me hear. So he told him, hachi v'hachi Amalei, such and such. Amalei, so Shimon understood what they meant. Don't be uh, offended. These are all brachas in disguise. And this is what they meant to tell you. Tis Ravalei Sechzad. Plant, but don't reap. You know what they meant? It was a metaphor. Toilet banam. Plant, have children. It shouldn't die in your lifetime. So plant and don't reap. That's a gewalda gebracha. Next. Ta'ayl, v'lev seifok. Import and don't give out. You know what that meant? Ta'ayl kalta. You should bring new uh, daughter-in-laws into your home. So your son should get married. Bring no, new members into your household. But your children shouldn't die in your lifetime. But lipkun, which will bring about that the daughter-in-laws will leave your home and go back out. So bring them in and don't let go. The next thing they said was, Give out and don't bring in. Likewise, toilet banta. You should have daughters, which will leave your home eventually, get married, so export to daughters. But their husbands shouldn't die in your lifetime. Which will bring them back to you. You shouldn't experience tragedy. Next thing, your home should be destroyed. Your permanent bias should be disrupted. And your temporary dwelling should be successful. You know what they meant? The high amo shpizach. This world, Elam Hazeh, is your temporary dwelling. Vahib al-Mabesa. The next world, the caver, which you dwell when you go to the next world, that's considered your bias. And we darsh an altikri kirbam, rather el So the caver is considered a person's bias. So relative to Elam Hazeh, it's considered a permanent dwelling. What they meant to say is, they shall live long. Don't visit your cave, it should be disrupted. Your house, your, your cave should be disrupted and your temporary dwelling. Al-Mazeh should last a very long time be successful. There was a story of the Chavetz Chaim. This fellow comes, he sees an old rickety chair and a broken... So he tells the Chavetz Chaim, he says, he says, where's your furniture? What, what, kind of, what kind of house for such a tzaddik, such a guy, such a gadol hador? So Chavetz Chaim turns to the wealthy man, he says, I have but one question for you. You're sitting here yourself. Where's your furniture? <laughs> he starts laughing. He says, I'm en route. I'm not home. I'm, uh, I'm on the road. Why would I have my furniture? Chavetz Chaim tells him, I'm also on the road. I'm en route. Why would I have furniture? So what else did they tell him? Your table should become disorganized. This was a bracha, bebani bansa, full of sons and daughters. You shouldn't be zeichet to see a new year. So Rashi brings that the first year after marriage is called shana rishayna, the first year, the new year. What they meant to tell him is, you should never experience shana rishayna again. The late Thomas Insach, your wife should never die in your lifetime. The late Tinsav, it's Intisa Achriti, which would compel you to remarry and experience Shana Rishana again. Should be Zechatam, long life, your wife, long life. Everything should be good. But the greatest bracha. Zakti Gemara, Rabshimon Chalafta, 
Ifter Mineh Rav. So Shimon was taking leave of, of Rav. Some change it to the word Rebbe. Amr so Rav tells us son. Lebrei, Amr Lei Lebrei, Avu Lebrei, Zil Legabe, Delivarchach, go to Rav Shimon for a bracha. Amr Lei, so Rav Shimon tells him, Yehi Rav, it should be the will of Hashem, Deloi Sibayish, Deloi Sibayish, you shouldn't shame other people, and you yourself should not be shamed. That was his bracha. Also, Gabe Avu, so the son comes back to the father, Amr Lei, father asks him, my Amr Lei, what did he tell you? What uh, bracha did he give you? Amr Lei tells him, he told me some uh, some words, some good advice. Not much of a bracha. I wasn't impressed. So his father tells him, what do you mean? It's the greatest bracha. He gave you a bracha. He gave you the bracha, the bracha, and the bracha, the same bracha that Hashem gave Kal Yisrael. And he repeated it. Should never experience shame. And again, and the explains, one is don't be ashamed, don't don't be embarrassed others, don't embarrass, don't be embarrassed others. So it's very chashul bracha that Hashem applied to Kal Yisrael. Your life should be a life of success. Shouldn't be a source of shame and embarrassment to yourself and to others. That's amazing. That covers everything. So what else do we learn in the Mishnah? An Isha can apply cosmetics, even on Chelamai, despite the fact that it involves malacha, painting, and all that stuff, because as the Ritva explains, listen to this Ritva, he says, Tachshitim for an Isha, cosmetics, beautifying, is considered Eichel Nefesh. <laughs> it's to the Isha like food to the man, so we allow, we allow it to do it on Chelamai. For instance, what type of cosmetics? Some type of uh, eye um, uh, coloring. Parting the hair. Applying some sort of reddish uh, substance on her face to, uh, to to make it glow, to make it red. Some explain my virus srak or sakin, a knife between her legs to remove the hair. So all these types of treatments are mutter on chelamoid. There's a story involving Rav Chizah's Rebetzin. So there were older people. And his wife, Mekashta Bampe Kalta. On Chalamoyed, she dressed herself, applied cosmetics, beautified herself in the presence of a daughter-in-law, meaning she was already an older woman. Yosef Rav Huna Bar Rav Huna was sitting in front of Rav Chizah. He had a kash. Yosef Rav he said like this. How can you allow your wife to do that? A young woman, she's into these things, fine. But as a Kena, older woman, she has no need for these things. She shouldn't do it on Chalamoid. Amalir of Chizr responds, you got it all wrong. Hello, Kim, Slashan of Shu, I promise. Afil Imach, this had to reply to your mother. Afil Imach, even your grandmother. Afil Imach, I'll give her even an older woman that's standing by her grave. It's just part of their nature. And Isha has an inherent need to be meyap herself, to beautify herself. It's like Eichel Nefesh. Perhaps Hashem incorporated into her being so that she should find favor in her husband's eyes. But it's just part of their part of their nature. They need it like like air to breathe. The Amr Inchi. We have this common phrase. Bas Shitin, even a sixty year old woman, Kivashis is like a six year old the Kal Tavla. When she hears the sound of a tavla of an instrument, Rata, she goes running. She's fresh and young when the opportunity arises. So here as well. When it comes to cosmetics, tachshitin, 
It's part and parcel of their nature, nature, irrelevant of age. Rabbi Domelit Tosot. So everything we allow except for Tosot. Tosot means they would take some acidic material, some lye, and apply it on their skin to remove hair. That says Rabbi Yudah is not allowed. Why? Tanya Rabbi Domer Ishaloi Tosot b'mayit b'peisha nivel hula. You know why? It makes you look unattractive, unpleasant, smeared up with this plaster. So we don't allow it. Apparently the Chacham hold. Sure. At this very moment, it's nivel, but it's going to generate Hanor. It's a process which brings about satisfaction when eventually she peels off the lime with her hair. And therefore, it's mutter even amayit. It adds to her simchas regel. Rabida disagrees. Rabida would agree in the following case if she has benefit on sometime on mayit from this procedure suppose she can peel off this sid sometime throughout after the uh, two three day process she'll peel it off and she'll enjoy the benefits on then we allow it she can be involved in this she can add this thing on chalamayit Teflosi means to apply this, uh, this this plaster. Why? Because although currently speaking, she's not much, uh, she's not really enjoying it. Right now, she, currently she's in distress. It's making her look unpleasant, unattractive. But in the long term, it's going to generate simcha. So as long as the process will end, will culminate sometime during chalamayid. And she'll have Hanna from this procedure on Chalamayit, be it today, tomorrow, the next day, we allow it. So short-term uh, pain is allowed for uh, you know, long-term gain. Umi isle the Rabbi Does Rabbi subscribe to this way of thinking? They will allowed to invest, will allowed to experience hardship, knowing that we'll have Hanna later. And the Hanna later justifies it sort of puts a positive twist on what she's currently experiencing and makes it like a a positive, makes it like a, 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 a simcha experience. Therefore, it's allowed on chalamayid. But not listen to this mishnah. So typically, we don't deal with goyim during the time of, of Chag when they worship their idols. We're concerned that perhaps he strikes a good deal. He's going to go to his Avedizor and thank him. We don't want to bring that about. So you can't pay them a loan on their holiday. Because that's going to bring him joy and satisfaction. What about collecting a loan? It's costing him money, but he he knows that he's just uh, been relieved of a debt. So currently speaking, right now, he's pretty, pretty sad about the fact that he had to let go of a million dollars. But ultimately, he knows he'll have satisfaction. So let's say it's on their holiday. On the Yom Hachag, Yom Idoi, the Gemara calls it. Can you collect a loan from a guy? Chacham say, yeah, sure. Because right now, it's costing him money. Rabbi Yudah disagrees. Sorry, sorry, the Chachamim. Chacham say, you cannot. You cannot collect. Even collection is also because, uh, although, at this very moment, it's painful. But deep down, he's happy that he just paid up his, his debt. 
But Rabida disagrees. You can collect a loan on their holiday. It brings them distress. He's currently in distress, but in the long term, he's happy. So deep down, he knows it's going to generate happiness. He's satisfied that he's able to pay back his loan. He'll go running to Zavid Zara and thank him for the opportunity to pay back his loan. Rabbi Yudha doesn't hold that for him. You look at today as today. Right now, he's made some. He's not going to thank his Avedizara. He doesn't have foresight. He doesn't have long-term vision. Here and now. <laughs> so getting back to our case, how can Rabbi Yudha allow the Isha to apply this uh, Sid, which brings an evil today? Because in a couple of days, time, she'll have enough from it. And they are in the now. Currently speaking, it's bringing her distress. Says the more two terutz. Amar Nachmar Yitzchak. A maid is different. Hanach lehilchas maid. Let's leave alone the halachas of chalam maid. The kulu, because the truth is that all the halachas of yamtiv are based on this formula. Meitzar achshav. Although currently speaking, there is tsar cooking, baking, not an easy task. But sumech lacharzman, you know. Why is it butter? Because you know, in an hour's time, you'll have a nice cake. That's just the way it works. The fact that the Torah allows you to cook and bake, that indicates that on Chalamoid, look at the full picture. So although the, the effort being invested at this very moment is certainly classified as tsar and distress and work, but look at the full picture on Chalamoid. Look at the full project in totality. And that's why it allows this Sid to be applied by the Isha because Look at the whole experience in totality. The fact is, she'll have enough throughout the Yom and that's why it's mutter. As long as there's some simcha generated anytime throughout the Yom But that doesn't apply to the guy paying back his loan. Right now, he said. Sorry, Ravina Omar. This is the second teretz. I'll give you another teretz. Why don't we apply this principle? To repaying a loan. Kuti, this guy, Le'inia Peroin, when it comes to repaying a loan, Lo'ila Meitzar. He only has sorrow from it. He only has distress. He's only upset. Rabbi the holds that, that um, he'll never, he'll never be satisfied. He'll never feel really, he'll never have a true simcha of having uh, had to pay up this million dollars to the Jew. So, in any case, there's no simcha. Right? So, therefore, you can uh, collect that loan on uh, on their holiday. The fact is, it costs the money. He's never going to be happy about that. The fact that he had to lose that money. But when it comes to uh, applying the sit on Yom Tiv, as long as there's some hana coming from it, that's mutter. Okay, so you speak about applying this uh, this sit. Why would they do that? Omar Vida Shigul Pirkan. So, the... Uh, the girls who got to the point of uh, producing these uh, mature hair, but they're not yet of age. They're embarrassed. How do I remove this hair? So it depends where you're holding. Aniyos, poor girls. They apply this sid, this line. Ashiris, the wealthier ones. They remove it using some sort of flower. The um, princesses. Using some type of fragrant oil. 
So by Hashverosh, they treated them six months to the Shemin Amar. What is that? My Shemin Amar, Rebbe Machlekes. Rav Huna Barchi Amar Satkas. Some sort of fragrant oil. Rav Yerba Ami Amar Shemin Zayis. It's olive oil coming from olives, Shloi Hevi Shlish, which have not yet achieved a third of their growth. So this uh, type of oil, which has high acidic content, is... is um, is used to remove hair. Tanya Rabida Aimer and Pikinoin. This is a, a term mentioned in Mesechus Menachis. Now I meant to use this on Pikinoin material for Menachis. What is that? So he explained it's Shemen's eyes. Shlevi Shlish is unripe olive oil. Why would they smear it upon themselves? Shemeshir Sashayar removes unwanted body hair, Umadanasabosar, and it makes the skin glow. There's a story with Rabbeve. Havali Barti had a daughter who needed some hair removal. Tafla, so he applied uh, this um, lime or whatever it is, aver aver, on one limb at a time. So he took it piecemeal, took his time, didn't overwhelm her, and it worked. And it achieved such a tremendous results. She was beautified to the point that Shokoba Dalad Meazuzi, he got. Uh, 400 zuz from a prospective husband. Hava, Hahukuti, Bishop said there was this kuti lived nearby. He said, Wow, if he can do it, let me do it. The Havali Barta, he had a daughter as well. Tafla Bachadzimna, this fellow had no uh, patience. He did it all at once, smeared it all up, and um, the potency of this material totally destroyed her. Mason, she died. Omar, now he blamed her baby, of course. Katla, baby, baby killed the Brati, my daughter, because he didn't follow instructions. Amar of Nachman. So Nachman concludes that Rabbi, the Shasis Shechra, Rabbi, who was accustomed to drinking wine, which generates this body here, Bayon, Banti, his daughters, need Tafla, this sort of application. Anandla Shasin and Shechra, however, we who don't really involve ourselves in drinking beer, lay Bayon, Banton, Tefla, our daughters don't really need this, uh, this type of treatment. Okay, let's recap quickly. We learned about Ein Ma'arvan Simcha Basimcha, which was derived from Shlomi Melech's separating the celebrations, seven for the Chanukah Asha Mikdash, and seven for Sukkot. We learned that the Eid Yom Kippur was part of the Yimei Simcha, and Abbas rings out and tells them, don't worry. Yumazuman Techei Olam Haba. We learned about the Schus of David that stood them by when they entered the Beis Mikdash. We learned about these cryptic brachas that were given upon request. We learned about the Tachshitim, that are Mutafanoshim, even for the Skena, regarding Sid B'mayid. So if you have Te'elas on Mayid itself, all agree is Mutaf, but otherwise, if it's only going to be enjoyed later on, Tanakama says it's Mutaf as well. Um, because the fact is, you have, uh, you have potential Hanah coming later, so it's considered enjoyable, somewhat of an enjoyable experience, even now. Tanakam allows it. Rabbi says no. Rabbi says that uh, it's too long term. Unless you can have a on chalamayid, we don't allow this short term gain, even even for long term short term pain, even if you expect good results later on. And we conclude with the story of Rabbi and his neighbor. All the best to you and much much atzlocha.